Amen. If you need a Bible, raise your hand. Jar will pass one out. If you do have a Bible, if you'll turn it to Luke chapter 23, verse 34 this morning. Luke chapter 23, verse 34. I think we're coming to the end the words of Jesus, not that we couldn't continue, but we've been here for quite a while, and obviously the whole Bible is the Word of God, but we've been concentrating on the red print, but I think in the next few weeks we'll finish that up and head and study a book in the New Testament as we move along. Everybody okay? Okay. Feeling good? <laughs> okay, I'm going to shake it up a little bit here. So I began my year thinking about a theme. I try to have a theme every year, and I had a real sense God was calling me to the theme of rest. Yeah. I preached on rest on December the 23rd, quieting my soul from Psalm 131. And being a Mary, not a Martha. Does anyone remember that message? Okay. So you figure if you preach on it, you should be good at it. But as the year began, I started to realize that I naturally thought I was a Mary, but God made it very clear I'm not. You know, you think you're something... The Lord made it very clear to me one day as I was seeking me that though I like stillness and quietness and not moving with my body, my mind races all the time. My mind sometimes cannot be stopped. It goes 100 miles an hour. And I remember that day as I was with the Lord and hearing His voice, it seemed rather clearly It was almost like, Daniel, you have to learn to rest your mind with me. And my first thought was, how do I do that? I know how to preach it, but like, how? How, God? I know, okay, I sit still. How, God, teach me, really, this year, how to rest. Teach me to listen. Teach me to sit at your feet. So I was pondering this week and praying, what direction would you like to go, God, this Sunday? I had a few thoughts. So during the week, how it usually works, then I ask the Lord to confirm what he wants me to study and pray about. But I always start with a few thoughts in my head. I could go this direction, this direction, or this direction. And right on cue, as I read my devotions on Thursday morning... God spoke right into my heart about the theme of forgiveness. Forgiveness. I think we've all heard about forgiveness. And it's maybe nothing new to you, but maybe the Lord would remind you of some things. Or maybe the Holy Spirit would teach you a little bit more about forgiveness. So as we open our Bibles to Luke chapter 23... 
we look at some of the amazing words of Jesus from the cross. It says in verse 33 of Luke 23, when they had come to the place called Calvary, there they crucified him, Jesus, and the criminals, one on the right hand and the other on the left. So you've heard before that Jesus had seven sayings from the cross, right? So this would be one here in verse 34 where it says, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they do. I find this verse absolutely shocking and amazing when I think about it. Jesus in the midst of absolute horror, being tortured, and in this moment being crucified, abused horribly, prays for his abusers that they would be forgiven. Okay, we can read the Bible, but may it come alive to us today. Could you imagine in the process of you being hurt by someone in an incredibly awful way that you would have the presence and of course with us probably impossible but with Christ all things possible to pray for those who are hurting you in that exact moment now my response would be one of anger revenge saying God not forgive them God would you crush them I think it would probably be more like one of the Psalms that David wrote. Like, would you just smack down my enemies right now? That would probably be my prayer more than what Jesus' prayer was on the cross. And I began to think of these words. And I thought to myself, why didn't he just say, I forgive you? Because here is Jesus who is God, but rather he prays to his Father, forgive them. And then he says, they don't know what they do. And I'm thinking, yes, they do. But obviously they didn't know completely what they were doing. And who was he forgiving? I thought he was praying for the Pharisees, the religious of the time. They were afraid of losing control and losing their position and they wanted to do away with Jesus. I thought maybe he was praying for the Romans who actually crucified him. Pilate gave the actual sentence and the soldiers carried out this act with no mercy. So when he said, Lord, forgive them. Yeah, he was talking about them. And every time I watch these movies of him being crucified, I'm like, God, why didn't you just get them? Then the reality came to me, probably most importantly, when Jesus was being crucified, he was praying for me. Because it is my sin that crucified him, and he died for me. My sin was put on the cross. He committed no sin, no wrong. And there he prays, Jesus Praise God, Father, would you forgive Daniel? Even before I was alive. Even before I was born. And I came to this realization, every prayer that Jesus uttered was answered. Do you believe that? 
Everything Jesus prayed in Scripture was always answered. 1 John 5.14, now this is the confidence we have in Him. If we ask according to His will, He will hear us. But Jesus prayed, and we know He had the perfect will of God in His mind. So as He prays this, Father, forgive them. God hears and forgives the Pharisees, the Romans, and me. And then my mind began spinning, and I guess the bigger question isn't whether I'm forgiven. The bigger question for you and I this morning is, have you received the forgiveness of God? And then this thought of rest came steaming back into my head so quickly, and I'm asking God, how do I rest in you And there this week it came, are you resting in the fact that you are forgiven? Are you receiving each and every day the joy of forgiveness? This is the foundation of what we believe. But unfortunately, sometimes we like to be in control in our society that is dominated by control. Our personalities like to be in control. So we think there's something we need to do to be forgiven, whether it's an action or even from Scripture, we think, well, if I forgive someone else, my forgiveness becomes more real to me. Sometimes we misunderstand the verses, but we love control. So we think, if I do something, I get something. But the reality of this verse is, Jesus prayed for their forgiveness before they even asked or desired it. Woo! Like, isn't that radical? Before you asked To be forgiven, you are forgiven. And the greater question is, have you received it or not? And that's why we say salvation is a free gift. Forgiveness is accomplished. But do you want the gift or not? And I am a controlling person. And I like to think if I do something, I get something. So even in my religious kind of thinking, I think... If I just do this, I'll get this. But it is a gift. It's a radical gift. And if I truly understand it, it sets me free every day. It gives me utter joy, absolute joy, crazy freedom, burden lifted, love beyond measure. I'm talking beyond the intellect, the reality that it washes over you and you have the experience that my burden is gone and maybe you're an intellectual person and it passes through your mind to the heart, but it's got to get to the heart beyond the mind where you know beyond a shadow of a doubt that the Lord has prayed for you, was on the cross and has forgiven you and you are free. 
And this week I had that experience again. Yes, I'm a pastor. But yes, I still struggle because it stays up here. And I was running along and I was thinking and it was almost like liquid love. And I was thinking of all the things I failed in. And Jesus said, don't you realize I've done it? Even before you did anything or asked for anything. And the greater question, Daniel, are you resting and living in my forgiveness? It's not our work. It's not what we can do. It can't be me or my pride rises. It's all Him. The utter joy and freedom of a received gift. This Christmas, we had a lot of people in my house. And we were thinking... Christmas memories, and I'd ask the kids, what was your Christmas memory? Like, the last two weeks, what was your memory? Well, this and this and this. So I remember Stefan asked me, well, what was yours? Mine was this, as we were going around. Most of you know Carter. He's a part of our family now. And he didn't give me any Christmas ideas for him, but I thought of one that I knew he would love. Carter loves soccer. And occasionally he wears soccer jerseys. So I thought, I'm going to find out who his favorite player is. So in conversations in October, I'm like, well, who do you like? And he let me know, Mbappe. He's a French star. Maybe you watched the World Cup. He was on fire, 19, 20-year-old kid. And I thought, I'm going to get him this jersey. And I got him this jersey, and he did not expect it at all. I told him I was going to get him a bathrobe. He saw me walking around in a bathrobe and his Sudanese upbringing said, why do you wear that thing? And I said, I'm going to get you one. So I know he thought he was going to get a bathrobe and he had this package about the size of a bathrobe. And he was all calm. And he opened it up. And when he opened up and he saw this jersey... I've never seen the reaction, unless it's like a six-year-old getting what they want. And he has a smile as it is. But his smile busted the rue open, and he started shaking it. This is everything I wanted for Christmas! (laughs) I didn't know, necessarily. I just took a guess, but I was happy But I see the joy, and my point is, of a received gift and think that you have a gift is actually everything you've needed and everything you've wanted in forgiveness and you didn't even ask for it. God knew and God died. And he says, Father, forgive Daniel. He knows not what he's doing. And the joy is amazing. Meditating more on this verse and what Jesus had done for me I was feeling great. But then as Satan usually does, something came into my mind and maybe it comes into your mind. It was a little bit later 
And I was growing in this thought, but something really did come in my mind because I was reminded this week through a few conversations that some people who had really hurt me, and we've all been hurt, right? It came streaming back the pain of someone hurting me. So I was just like, oh God, you've forgiven me. But then all of a sudden, you know how things work. All of a sudden, it seems like Satan wanted to test me a little bit, or a lot. And I was thinking about some situations because out of the blue, they came back into my life where I had been reminded, whether the person meant it or not, I was thinking about the pain of how they had hurt me. And I wish to tell you I was spiritual right away. But my first thought was, I can't believe they did that. So this is the same guy who's living in this grill. Oh, yeah, I'll forgive it. And I was thinking of what had happened to me. And I began to get angry. And I think I've been bitter at times. And I fought that bitterness, and I'm sure you've been in the same place. I don't think there's anyone in this room who could say that they have not been hurt in some regard who has not struggled with a little bit of anger or bitterness. I think it's all there, and I think Satan knows what to scratch sometimes as we're growing. And you know what? And I want to say the people might not even have meant it. That can be the reality of it. And then all these verses became streaming in my mind about forgiveness. Obviously, that's my thought. And Jesus saying, seven times 70, right? And in the same day, maybe. And I've often thought that could be the same offense just coming back and back. It doesn't have to be new things. Seven times 70. You need to forgive in the parables of the one who has been forgiven much and yet strangled the one who owed him a little. And all of these thoughts came flooding into my mind and even the Lord's Prayer. Forgive my trespasses or my debts as I forgive others. Even again in Matthew 6, where Jesus says, if you don't forgive, you will not be forgiven. And I was saying, why is it so hard? Why are those verses so hard? And in my particular situation, I have tried and I have tried in my own effort. Oh, Lord, just help me to forgive. And I've had victory some days. I can remember situations and feeling so free. And then two weeks later, Satan's scratching it again. Maybe the same for you. And I came to realize the more I see forgiveness as a work that I can do, and the more that I see forgiveness as my effort, the more I'll continue to fail. And it came to me as clear as day as I was thinking, Daniel, if you want to win this battle, do not think of what they've done to you, but you need to think of what I have done for you. 
So if you're struggling this morning, and this, I'm sure, is just a reminder for you. Satan wants to take your mind and think of what has happened to you. And then you'll hear these verses, I have to forgive. I want to challenge you this morning, turn that around and see what God has done for you. And as you receive the freedom of his forgiveness, the ultimate response will be you being able to to forgive but unfortunately sometimes like me like I'm going to forgive I'm told to forgive I'm going to get it done and you don't think of what he's done for you and in the midst of this time and of these people and of this battle God stopped me and made me think again of the utter joy the absolute joy the freedom and the burden being Lifted, And it became so much easier to look at them and think of this verse and for me to say about my person who hurt me, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. See, Christ is our pattern. And I said last night to the youth, Christ is our power. And as you receive his forgiveness and his power, you will have the strength in him to release others from their debt. And I know there's someone in this room who needs to hear this because you are struggling with forgiveness, and it's not because I know your situation, it's because I know in a group this size, <laughs> odds are that someone is struggling with bitterness. And it might go away for a week or two and it might come back, but I want to tell you the next time it comes, the key is to think of what Jesus has done for you. Don't make it about what they've done against you understand his grace and his love for you this is a spiritual battle i've come to realize this is one of the greatest battles and the evil spirits of the evil one are destroying people's lives it is like a cycle it's like a tornado and it's destroying people I'm tired of it. I'm tired of seeing the pain in people. I'm tired of seeing this cycle. Someone hurts me and I'll forgive them, but yet we're very quick to hurt them. I'm tired in my life of not seeing the greater battle against evil, but putting the battle with another human being. It's just carrying on the cycle. They get mad at me, I get mad at them. I say I forgive them, but I'm still bitter at them. And Satan laughs. And Satan has victory. And lives are destroyed. I remember a man in my living room named Rob Jacobson. And he said, how's your year going? He was visiting me. And I said, well, okay. I'm struggling with this and that. This person did this, but I'm getting over it. He looked me in the eye as he saw my bitterness and said, your battle is not against that person. Your battle is against the devil. 
And the moment you continue in not receiving and understanding God's forgiveness, the more this battle will continue and destroy you and those around you. How can we not forgive the ones that Jesus has already forgiven? Have you thought of that? If Jesus has forgiven me and you, he's already forgiven your abuser, the one who hurts you. If you want to receive that forgiveness, you will understand that the same offer is available to them. This morning, maybe in your life, you need to stop the cycle and stop looking at individuals and start looking at Jesus. It could be little things, it could be big things. It can be in marriage, it can be in family, it can be with parents. We can look back at our lives and say, why, why, why? But may you look at Jesus this morning and rather say, thank you, thank you, thank you. God, help us to experience and live in your forgiveness as we see Christ and trust that he's working in our lives. You can break the cycle. Christ lives in you. So the one who lives in you has given you the power to pray as he prayed. Father, forgive them. Do you believe it? And the reason we don't believe it is because we're trying in our own power. But Christ in us has the power for you to say, they don't know what they're doing. And even if they, they do... God, forgive them because I am forgiven. Yes, it's true what Jesus says. You need to forgive others to truly experience his forgiveness. But first, you have to know him and his love and his forgiveness. And I tell you, it will flow naturally. Stop trying to do it yourself. And turn to the one who's already done it. Amen. Joseph had great reason to be upset. And I'll close with this. You know the Bible story in the Old Testament? Beaten, thrown in a hole, sent to Egypt. Brothers, ruthless, abusers. He even had more reason to be upset. When Potiphar's wife played the cards against him and he had to spend over years in prison, did nothing, only the right thing. If anyone had cause to be bitter, it was Joseph. And then his brothers reappear. You remember the story? And we go through the whole thing. They go home. They come back. Father comes. Reconciliation happens. But then dad dies in Genesis chapter 50. You remember the story? And the brothers are really worried. He only forgave us because dad was around. Right? 
And they try to be nice to Joseph. Joseph says, listen, I forgive you. Because what you meant for evil, God meant for good. Do you understand? What people mean for evil, or you yourself have fallen into in making it evil, God says, I can make it good. 2 Corinthians 5 says, You are ministers of reconciliation. Because you have been reconciled to God, now you go reconcile others and your relationships. You have the power because Christ lives in you. Communion. What are you celebrating? What an awesome time to celebrate communion. God's love and forgiveness. Common thoughts, communion about him. We're not going to worry first about what we've done. We're going to think about what he's done. But there's something really important in communion as well. As you understand that, I want you to allow the Holy Spirit to search your mind. And as you receive God's love, as you think about God's love in communion this morning, there's no room to be bitter against someone else. There is no room as you receive him and understand and claim his forgiveness and his love to be bitter. And this is the time as you receive his love and remember his love and his forgiveness to deal with that for good. We're not here to know a truth. We're here to experience a truth. And as you receive his truth and his forgiveness, don't walk out of this place bitter and unforgiving against someone else. Deal with it. As you know you're free, would you give someone else their freedom? And if there is someone in this room that you are bitter at and unforgiving, there is no better time than in the love of Christ to deal with that. Amen? Holy Spirit wants to work. So thank you, Jesus, for your grace and your goodness and your forgiveness this day. What a joy to celebrate. Lord, I pray that each of us will experience as we remember what you've done, your forgiveness. May we hear your words. Father, forgive them. May you hear it. May I hear it. Daniel, you are forgiven. Receive it and live in it. No matter what your week has been, no matter what you have done, would you understand that Jesus died on the cross and you are forgiven? Would you receive it by faith again and again and again and again this morning? And as you take those elements... Would you feel and understand his love this morning and his grace? Would you build your life on his grace this morning and not your effort, not your ability, not your intellect, but his amazing work? 
Holy Spirit, just pour your love in our hearts and start now. And as we celebrate what you've done, may it continue. May your spirit be heavy. May we say of this truth that you were in this place and we know and we love you because you are amazing. Oh, man, we want to be free. Rescue marriages today, Lord. Rescue family relationships. Rescue friendships. Break the cycle. Break the cycle this morning. Satan, we pray against your lies. And we turn to Christ and his truth. Let's celebrate this morning. The elements are in the back. Continue just thinking on Jesus and what he said and what he's done. Let's just worship him. Retrieve the elements, bring them back to your seat and just worship him this morning. We'll partake together as everyone has got the elements.